Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road has protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. There are discussions, at least discussions, about the possibility of the college football season being pushed back until the spring. Pushed back into the spring. Now, look, there's it's almost like there's there's tides pushing in either direction. If you've been listening to our updates, Dan Byer with the updates today. You know, the Colonials coming back online, no fans, that's in Dallas. Uh, what used to be called the GHO, the Greater Hartford Open, now it's called the Travelers Championship. That's going to be back online in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut in June. Also, no fans. So golf, where the sport can be played with no fans. Matter of fact, they tell fans, shut the hell up. You know, we're trying to play golf here. This is like Tiger Woods' favorite. This is going to be Tiger Woods. Like, you know what was the greatest year ever playing golf? 2020. Because there wasn't anybody going, you're the man, Tiger! You're the man! Anyway. So golf is saying, hey, we're going to get back online. 
It feels, Sam Amick from USA Today said, it feels like there's a change in the tide. So, sorry, Sam Amick, The Athletic. Everybody leaves for The Athletic. Writers in the transfer portal. Um, Sam Amick said that there's, there's, there's growing feeling that the NBA could come back online. So, we're getting closer and closer. And there is the idea now that you can play sports without fans. And it's not perfect, but it's the best that we can possibly do. Plus, sports has become a you know, a TV show more than anything. But let me, let me help you understand why the college football thing is gigantic. Gigantic. And it, we have to have a college football season, and we have to have it in the fall. First, you're going to have to surrender the idea that sports can't be played without fans in attendance. Just going to have to. By the way, college presidents are going to have to surrender the idea that they, they can have college without college attendance. But truth be told, poorly kept secret on college campuses is lots of athletes don't step foot on campus after the first year anyway. They, they take most of their classes online. Not the old correspondence course. Do you ever take correspondence course? I was a terrible correspondence course student. That's basically where you got like 10 assignments. You got a tournament and then there's a final. You never even have to, you know, that was, that was pre-internet days correspondent. I'm talking talk about that. I'm talking about virtual classes. But sports can and will be played without fans. Whether college football will be played without fans or not, I, I don't yet know. I know there's legitimate discussions about having the football season in spring, but here's the issue. Here's the issue. There's this thing that I study called the law of unintended consequences. Now, my dad taught me a lot of things. Some I agree with, some I disagree with. One of the things he taught me was to play chess. You guys ever play chess? Um, And there's a reason that they say, well, you guys playing chess, the other guy's playing checkers. Because though checkers is a cool game, it doesn't have the nuances of what chess has. And with a chessboard, every move matters to all the other pieces, right? I love the idea that there's pawns. Hey, you don't matter that much. You're a pawn. We'll sacrifice you. There's a parallel that to that with, uh, you know, with the rest of the world. But the thing you learn when you play chess is every move affects the entire board. It just does. Every move affects the entire board. And the entire board... Like, you know that when you move one piece to a piece, like, all right, we're trying to move the other person's queen or trying to ultimately, you know, take down as many. That's, you know what the intended consequences are, but you have to look at the entire board. And the guys are the greatest chess players can understand that one move affects that board. If you push the college football season to spring, you throw off the entire equilibrium of a college campus. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that college football isn't more important than any other sport. It's a great fundraiser. It's a great galvanizer. Uh, it, it's amazing. On the other hand, if you play it in the spring, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you affect college basketball, which doesn't make as much money, but usually does make some money. And more than anything, when you have a college basketball season, you have a college basketball conference tournament, then you have an NCAA tournament, which as I've told you, That is the one fundraiser. That is the one PTA event of the year for all of the Division I institutions. The reason their financial books are off already 
even though football has yet to be technically affected, is there's a $350 million shortfall from the NCAA from the tournament, and then you have the conference tournament, huge financial shortfalls. If you push football to the spring, now you affect college basketball. You hurt college basketball again. You're going to hurt the payout to the NCAA. You hurt the payout to the NCAA. You hurt the payout to all the colleges, and it becomes the snowball effect. And now you'll see men's soccer, swimming, you know, baseball, wrestling, all of those go away. Then there's the other part of the unintended consequences of keeping people safe, which is it's a legit reason to not have gigantic crowds, college football games, where you have people coming from all over the state, all over the country, just to tailgate with each other. You hug each other out like I understand there's a problem. But shutting down college campuses and shutting down college football weekends. You are killing college towns in America, killing. There is there is no level of financial stimulus that can fund all those restaurants, all those bars, all those hotels. Forget about the school itself. Everything that surrounds it is, in fact, affected. I am not a pure capitalist. I am not. I spent time playing professional basketball in Russia. That was pure capitalism. And I understand that the problem of pure capitalism is that there is no help for the guy who's down in the gutter. It sounds really, really good to say, hey, got a, you know, you got a Darwinism effect. But in this particular case, if the government shuts something down, we got to help. But there's no level of stimulus that is going to allow these college towns, these universities to survive. So as we continue to have reasonable conversations, and it's a reasonable conversation to be cautious about whether or not we can proceed with college football on any scale, whether there's fans, or whether there's not fans. It's not always just about the bottom line. It's not, we're not all bottom line business, but the bottom line does matter. This is like the discussion you have with your kids, right? You don't want money to be the only reason to make a decision. Money isn't the, the, the cure for all things to make you happy, but you do need to have money to survive. You do need to work at some point. So as we begin to have conversations about getting over ourselves as fans of sports and understanding that fans in the stands do matter, got it, noted, we should also point out that I I just don't think universities can survive without college football. And I think that moving it to the spring ends up hurting all the spring sports, most specifically the NCAA tournament, which is the fundraiser for all college sports. And though it sounds like a smart and sensible solution, just go, hey, we'll just press pause on it, be fine. The factor is at some point the damage is so great that whatever the new world looks like, while there may be more people that are healthier and don't have to suffer through this terrible virus, We've done unmitigated damage to the financial structure of universities, college towns, and general business. So this is a hard one. But I'm of the belief that, yeah, you got to have college football. You do. You got to have it to get those TV deals, to get that money, to at least keep everything afloat. You can have without fans. You can have it without students on campus. Oh, we can't have it without students on campus. Y- yes, you can. 
You can do online classes. You got four months to figure it out. You know, it took my kids public school a couple of weeks to figure it out. With some of the brightest um, administrators and professors in America think they can figure out how to make the internet work in the next four months. And look, I understand for people who don't, why are you trying to make these decisions now when we, because a, because a, a university of any magnitude, but especially these massive ones, Michigan, Ohio state, Texas, you, you can't say, all right, we'll let you know next week. No, you got to plan in advance. If I'm planning in advance, come hell or high water, we are going to have college football. Because that will keep us afloat. That will sustain us. And then we work backwards and try and figure out, all right, can we have fans? Can we have students on campus? Figure out how to get college football back. It is the lifeblood of a university. It ain't even close. Ask anybody. Figure out how to do worst case scenario, strip down crew. Maybe you can't play in the state of California, in Oregon, in Washington, in some of these really blue states where they're being super, super cautious. Figure out how to get that on TV to put some sort of product out there. It'll be better than that awful horse competition that was on ESPN over the weekend. And then if we can figure out how to get people in stands, students back on campus, then even better. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, let's welcome in Aaron Torres, friend of the program, a college basketball insider. You hear him on Fox Sports Radio as well. Uh, What do you think of this G League select team, which is going to be forming in Los Angeles? Oh, Doug, man, uh, you know, to go so broad, listen, it's a, it's a fascinating concept. Um, it's, I, listen, long story short, I'll try to keep this brief and then you take it where you want. I don't think it's great for college basketball, but I do think that there are things that are, you know, people won't talk about in terms of, is it absolutely the best process for the kids involved in terms of, uh, you know, training, not playing competitively as much as they normally would be in a college environment. So that's kind of the initial thought. I'll let you kind of weave it where you want, but it's certainly a fascinating concept And the G League for years have been trying to figure out how to kind of penetrate this market, get high school kids interested in staying in the States and being part of what they do. And it appears as though at least for one year, they've certainly done that. All right. Let me, this is it's a good kind of long form discussion. That's why I wanted this segment to, to have enough space for it. Okay. Look, sure. College basketball is a tough time for college basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't have the NCAA tournament. wasn't They weren't weren't great teams, maybe outside of uh, a couple. It wasn't like one great dominant team. There wasn't a Zion this year. There wasn't anybody drawing eyeballs, and um, and then you didn't have a tournament to build up any sort of hype. And then you have now this is like a now this is almost like a body slam with okay, and now you're losing a couple of your top players. One who's going to Michigan and play for you know Juwan Howard. So like. This this does really hurt. Here's where I'm not I'm not going to freak out the way that I think many writers, reporters, basketball types will freak out because I want to I'd like to see how this plays out in the G League. I want to show me where the the actual money that they make. Here's this is not going to make money. It is will be a money loser. Okay, a money loser. No one they're going to play like twelve games. No one's going to see it. Yeah, there's no TV, huge TV rights deal for the G League because nobody watches G League basketball. And I believe G League basketball is very good. I watch it all the time on like mm-hmm. Spectrum. You can watch Spectrum Sportsnet. You can watch like the, you know, the South Bay Lakers or whatever. Like those dudes are good, but nobody cares because it's not the real Lakers, right? And I think we're in this interesting economic time where there is a certain Darwinism in effect in that if you ain't making money, I don't know if you make it on the other side of of what's sure to be a dramatic and really really steep recession i i want to see how this plays out i want to see where where the money actually comes from do they actually get drafted higher do they actually improve or does the college process work for the same generation of kids well, and that's my thing, right? And so I think, like you said, I think there's a lot of people in the media, many of them probably anti-NCAA, anti-college basketball, that want this thing to work, uh, that aren't looking at things. And I, I think there's two things that are still, at least for now, working in college basketball's favor. One is exactly what you said. They're playing like 12 games in front of nobody. And I, I know this is like the cool trend now. Hey, I'm going to take off six months and just train, and I don't need college basketball. But at the end of the day, these kids love to hoop. And, like, you don't get to be a projected lottery pick um, if you don't love being in the gym and love playing. And, you know, the, the process of, you know, you work so hard in practice to play games, to have that reward at the end of all this thing. And I just don't know that in a year, if they play 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 competitive games 
over the course of a calendar year and you know 28 out of 30 days a, a month are dedicated to practice if that's going to be that appealing to kids even with the money involved i think the other factor that nobody's talking about is and this is so fascinating doug is that you know in the normal draft process right is that if a kid goes to a college um, it benefits the college, whether it's the truth or not, right. to say really nice things about that kid when they enter the draft. Oh, I loved working with them. I, 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 you know, I would have loved to have them for another year. When in reality, we know that not every coach feels that way about every player. Right. But it benefits the coach to say that because, one, it helps the kid get drafted higher, and, two, it doesn't benefit anybody uh, to publicly go after a kid. And so I just wonder, you're taking 18-year-old kids and you're basically asking them to practice for six days a week, seven days a week uh, in some cases, to play games in front of nobody with nobody in the stands, no buzz, no energy, no excitement. And I wonder if them being around NBA people for a year, if the word starts to get out that say there's four or five kids in this, you know, in this program going forward next season. Well, maybe being around NBA folks for a year, they start to realize, hey, this kid and that kid, they don't really like basketball. They sign up for the paycheck. Um, they don't love to practice. And does that hurt their draft stock? So I think everyone's just under this assumption every kid is going to take this opportunity because it's money in their pocket. I certainly think some will. But I do think, to your point, there's going to be drawbacks that nobody really talks about. Yeah, there's, it's, it, there's really fascinating stuff. The other part to it is it's, it's one thing to play – 12 games in a year. It's another thing to go from high school slash AAU, right? Yeah. And where you're playing 80, 90, like remember high school kids, okay? For people who aren't familiar with basketball, the basketball scene, you're going to play on at least one, if not two AAU teams. On a weekend, you're going to play somewhere between four and eight games every weekend or at least every other weekend in the major programs. With your high school, you play your high school season, you also play fall ball, and you play in a spring league as well. So you're you're talking about playing like 100 games. And I think one of the big issues that people have with our development process in the United States is not enough practice. That's great, but tell a kid who goes from playing 100 games, like, oh, we're going to play 12 <laughs> games this year. And then, here's the other part. They're going to get their ass kicked, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's the part that no one says. They're going to, like, Jalen Green's a super talented kid. He's half Filipino, half black, freak athlete who's becoming a better shooter or whatever. Like, he's 18 years old. He's going to play against a 22, 23-year-old kid who is a college star who's a borderline NBA kid. You know, he's going to play against Alex Caruso in the G League. And Alex Caruso mm -hmm. is going to kick his ass all 12 games. Do you know why? Because they've been playing pro basketball. Now, do I think it helps them develop? Yeah, you play. Um, on the other hand, like, we're, we're doing this thing where... A G League coach, are many of them, Donnie Tindo I know is a longtime college coach of the G League, but many of them have never been a head coach in their life. Those are the guys we're going to have develop our best high school players as opposed to the college coaches who have been doing this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years in terms of developing, developing players. I think there are so many holes to this thing. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Now, look, the other hand to it, I'm really cautious if the NBA decides to expand beyond one team. And now it becomes a legit minor league system. I just don't think that financially it'll, it'll work. And I think ultimately, ultimately, if this is the play and, and if I'm college sports, I'm like, nah, you can't, you have to do, I, I would push for this to be the play instead of being able to go straight from high school. Yeah, no, and, and that's kind of, kind of what I wonder on the, on the back end too, is there's been this narrative that, you know, the one and done rule, it's an inevitability that it's going to get changed. And 
I do wonder if this is the NBA kind of easing their way into that. But I also wonder, again, on the back end, listen, you and I both are not here to crush 18-year-old kids, but what we're here to do is give the reality of how this is, is that there's a lot of 18-year-old kids that are already really hard to deal with. There's a lot of 18-year-old kids who have parents who are really hard to deal with. And I do wonder if it has the the reverse effect of, you know, you do this for two or three years and you start to realize. Yeah, like, and I'll give you a good example, and, and I'm not, you know, criticizing this kid specifically, but the kid R.J. Hampton who went to Australia, right? It's this big, grand story about how he's going to change everything, and this is going to become the new pathway. If you really do your homework on that, um, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that I believe that the family felt like they were promised some things that, uh, you know, they, that weren't necessarily delivered. Maybe some of it's on the organization, not blaming the kid, not blaming the family. But it isn't this utopic thing where he went over there and he was incredible and he was a pillar of the community and the community loved him. And it was this great thing that worked out for everybody. I know that there are some people behind the scenes in that league that were like, man, that really wasn't as fun as it was like we were promised it to be. And so, you know, does that happen in the American system now where it's like, man, you know, let John Calipari deal with this kid for a year or two. Let Mike Krzyzewski or whoever the next generation of these guys is to deal with them for a year or two. Because like you said, Doug, you know, for for it to make financial sense for these kids to not play college basketball at all, you're investing a lot of money, and we heard today some numbers about, you know, close to 500K in salary, but, you know, what about housing? What about, uh, you know, uh, whatever coaches? And, by the way, apparently there's veteran players that are going to be part of this program. I mean, this program, without knowing the financials, sounds like it's going to be very expensive, and I'm just curious if in the long run it is going to be worth it. There's a very good possibility it is. I think there's more of a possibility than people want to think about that it isn't. Uh, last thing, um, my man Aaron Torres is joining us, a college basketball insider for Fox Sports. And, of course, you hear him on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends as well. Um, th- this is, you know, it's really, really interesting to me. Uh, there's talk of college football pushing back to the spring. That would be a disaster for college basketball. like, And, and for all college athletics because so much of how they fund things is based upon the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying the tournament would go away, but it would be minimized in terms of its importance uh, if it had to change dates or if it was competing against college football viewers. In your mind, how important is it that not only is college football played, but it's it's played during the fall, not during the spring? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's massive. I mean, on every level, financially, um, you know. And listen, long story. You know, to go back to last week, Mike Gundy did he trip over his own words? Yes. But the point that I made on my Saturday show with Arnie Spanier is. The only ultimate point he was trying to make was that it would be crippling for the community of Stillwater um, and Oklahoma athletic, Oklahoma State, excuse me, athletics. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, that was the only point he was trying to make. And like everyone, you know, whatever. We know how people act to, to anyone that says anything controversial. But that was the only point he was trying to make. It would be crippling for college athletics. We're already seeing, uh, uh, you know, athletics get cut. And I think there's some interesting conversations about, you know, how feasible, you know, winter into spring football would really be because then you're talking about potentially having to push back the following season, the fall of 2021 season, because you can't end a, a season in, in May, June, April, whatever it would be. And then four months later, it's a lot to come back and ask to, to, to open training camp. So it's, it's crucial for college, uh, college football. I think there's a lot of issues that were addressed on some of the calls that happened yesterday in terms of, 
every campus kind of being its own deal where everything is kind of different. Um, but I would say for the health of college athletics as a whole, as, for the health of a lot of the economies that surround college athletics in towns like Tuscaloosa and Stillwater and, and Norman, Oklahoma, and places like that, it is very important to ideally get this sport going in the fall. By the way, how good is, uh, is Jalen? I mean, I think he's really – listen, first of all, shout-out to you because I saw your tweets this morning. There's a kid named Cade Cunningham that's going to your alma mater that is like, bro, like that kid is so freaking good. And like Jalen Green, I know some of his high school people that coached him. They loved him. They said he's a great teammate, as you said, Doug, a great athlete. Uh, but if there was one – if there's one kid I'm betting my future on that's in high school basketball right now, betting my career on, it's the kid that's going to Oklahoma State. No disrespect to Jalen Green. No, listen, I, and I want, I want to and, – and, and my tweet was basically like, look, Jalen Green is improved. He's, he's a very, very talented kid, okay? But basketball is – they're starting to figure it out that it's about skill. It's about being – making everybody better and being great yourself, and Cade Cunningham has this unique ability. He's a tremendous player who also lifts up everybody else. Right? He does all these little things. Could, could he be a better shooter? Yeah. Could he? Could he? Does he need to change his body and become more of a pro body? Yeah. Um, and all those things help. But you know, like there's a reason that Luka Doncic and Trey Young and somebody said you you got to have skill, passing, shooting, ball handling, and feel. And it's not that Jalen lacks feel. He just it's sheer force of will. And that has that looks great on highlight tapes, but it's not as valuable on a on a professional or even collegiate basketball floor as having that same kind of some of the same levels of athleticism, but far more skill. Fair, a hundred percent fair. And it goes back to a point that you brought up a minute ago: is with this Jalen Green kid, as skilled as he is, as good as he looks relative to high school kids. You know, when he gets on the floor with 26-year-old grown men, and look, it's not going to be a full NBA or G, uh, G League season, excuse me. I give the G League credit for coming up with a structure that kind of helps these kids along. But at some point, he's still going to have to play against grown men, and he's the kind of kid that, that, you know, physical gifts are there, the basketball skill. You know, I think he could really struggle early on against these professionals at 18 years old. Awesome stuff. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to hearing you this weekend. All right, Doug. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This was Colin Cowherd talking about C.D. Lamb and the wide receiver prospects in the draft. In the last five drafts, there have been 17 first-round receivers. 14 of the 17 are busts or have underachieved. So one of these first-round wide receivers is not going to be as good as advertised. And I'm telling you, it's C.D. Lamb. It's not going to be Jerry Judy unless he goes to Jacksonville, then he'll underachieve. But if he goes anywhere else but Jacksonville, Jerry Judy is going to be the best receiver in the first round. But what's funny about the draft is 17 receivers, first round taken last five years, 14 are busts or have underachieved. And if I insinuate one of them could underachieve, I don't know what I'm talking about. The bottom line is C.D. Lamb will be as good as the team that he lands in. If he goes to Kansas City with Andy Reid's schemes and Patrick Mahomes, C.D. Lamb is going to be a star. If Jerry Judy, who is better, goes to Jacksonville with old uh, Baker Mayfield clone Gardner Minshew and whoever their 19th coach in 30 years is, uh, then he won't be as good. You're going to be as good as a wide receiver as the system, the play caller, and the coach you go to. The, the, the Jerry Judy part is really interesting to me. I, I don't know about C.D. Lamb and whether or not he'll be as good as advertised. Clearly a product of a great system at Oklahoma. That doesn't mean he can't be great. Hollywood Brown came out of that same system, was more of a ho- more of a home run hitter, and had a very a good rookie year. Played on a great team. Was he an integral part? I think he was because he took the top off a of defense. But does that mean that he was a perfect player? No. Like I, I don't think Hollywood Brown at his peak is like Tyreek Hill in terms of how dynamic he is. But the way in which Lamar Jackson plays, like he does throw a great deep ball, and you have to have somebody open up the middle of the field. For you know the the multiple tight ends, the three tight ends that they threw to last year, I, I saw an NFL scout say that he thought Jerry Judy has the chance to be the best pro of anybody in the draft. And I think part of what Colin is hitting on, what he's what he's getting, and and he realizes it's really hard. There's a higher hit rate with quarterbacks, right? Fourteen out of seventeen, based upon his estimation, underachieved or are bust altogether, right? There's a higher hit rate and a higher miss rate, a higher hit rate on quarterbacks, a higher miss rate on. But what what we're evolving to in the NFL is the importance of positions that command two people's attention or more. Think about who's the most the most valuable players on a football field. Wide receivers, because if you're really good, you, you, you have a cornerback and a safety. If you're a defensive end, 
you're going to have to be double teamed or defensive tackle. You have double teamed to be a really, really good quarterback. Obviously, you occupy more than one guy. And if you don't think that wide receivers are important, and I've heard Colin, he's mostly right about the best, the superstar wide receivers. You don't traditionally have to have one to win a Super Bowl. Julio Jones and Atlanta Falcons could have won a Super Bowl. Michael Thomas, they're a couple crazy plays away from playing for a Super Bowl. But still, I, I get what he's saying. On the other hand, if wide receivers weren't integral and super important parts of an offense, why are they being paid at a rate of $20 million plus per year, whereas running back salaries, Christian McCaffrey notwithstanding, are, are stable or even dropping? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and defensive ends, and maybe offensive tackles. That's where the money is because that's where the importance is. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, let's check in with Bruce Feldman, who covers college football, has done so for years here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, covers it obviously for Fox Sports. He joins us. Um, and uh, Bruce, uh, first, what are you here? Like, if, if they had to make a decision today, if they had to make a decision today, 
what would college football, what would happen with the college football season? Doug, they're lucky they don't have to make a decision today because I don't think anybody knows what they would do. I don't think just strictly, you got to remember the, the presidents of the universities are the ones who are going to have a big role in the decision. The football coaches do not. Um, the athletic directors really don't either. So right now, when you, t- when you talk to conference commissioners and leadership in college football, I mean, fans need to know this if they don't already, is this isn't like the NFL or this isn't like the NBA or Major League Baseball or PGA where there's a commissioner or anything. There's not that leadership, you know, you, you know singular leadership in college football. It's not even like college basketball or the NCAA runs the, the, the tournament you know college football playoff is not run by the mca right so that makes it more muddled um and i think one thing that came from uh vice president mike pence had a had a call with the 10 conference commissioners and and, as well as the ad of notre dame jack swarbrick and one of the things that really had come out was as they explained to him uh if the schools don't come back or aren't back in session then they can't have games. And I think a lot of people look at it and go, wait, a lot of people take online classes, but the, uh, the conference commissioners explain that they can't, you know, they're not going to do it that way. So it's really complicated. Um, now, you know, talking to people around the sport, I think, you know, they have kicked the tires on, well, if this happens, you know, like what are the timeframes of this? Right. You know, is it possible that the season could get delayed and maybe delayed to the point where it almost runs when normally a ba- college basketball season runs? Who knows? I mean, I think that's a possibility. I think the point you made before, though, because the money is so uh, monumental in college football, with college football, and how it funds the rest of the athletic programs and so much of the university really takes its, its, its finances from that, uh, they have to try to find a way to get it in at some point during the 2021 academic calendar. So even if it's, you know, hypothetically drags on into next spring, at least they would be able to get the money going from the huge, you know, billion-dollar TV contracts and whatnot. But, you know, to say right now what are they going to do I mean, who knows what this is going to look like two months from now, you know, 10 weeks from now. I think right now everybody is in such a wait-and-see mode of where this is going because um, there's no easy answers to it because right now I don't think they, they know that there's so much uncertainty with it. Yeah, it's, the whole thing is fascinating. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but colleges need to make a decision before, for example, the NFL because – Again, as you pointed out, they I disagree with the idea you can't all do online courses. Like, you got four months, you can do online courses if you have to. Uh, but don't they have to make a decision sooner rather than later because it, it affects so many more people than the NFL, for example, where the NFL can play a little bit more wait and see because right now colleges have to set their budgets, their timeline, their meetings, their hiring, everything. You know, people have to sign up for their classes, all of these things. Don't they have to decide sooner rather than later? I don't. I think they would get, have to reevaluate all the time on this. I mean, I think the idea of working off the traditional academic calendar and when these things are structured, I think we're in such uncharted waters, and the money with college football is so significant. They will, if they have to, make it up as they go along. 
I mean, take, you know, take the scenario, if it came to it, where it had to get pushed back into even November where the season started, and the season wouldn't end then until either February, even March, um, you know, what does that look like as it relates to, to football players, college football players trying to get ready for a draft that would be in next spring? I just think that, that the, the decision makers would say, look, you know, we have to get a season in at some point. We're going to have to figure out everything else as it relates to that, whether it's, hey, we're going to play in some really cold weather places. Yeah, it's cold in, in uh, November in Minnesota and Michigan and a bunch of other places. And it's way colder in February, but if there's no other viable alternatives, and that's the thing that you know, you talk to ADs, you talk to, to to power brokers around the sport, they'll come back to what really is viable because we are in such uncharted waters right now with health crisis, and this is a pandemic, and just it's just very surreal right now. So I think to think that they would say, "Hey, this is the time frame we're working off of." All that stuff, I think, will be out the window, and they'll just kind of, I don't want to say make it up as they go along, but that's what they're going to have to probably do because who knows what the next couple of months, how, how much this is going to change. And hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll get better, but nobody really knows how, how the virus is going to react in the summer or, you know, are we talking about is it, you know, does it come back in a different way? I mean, we just don't know, and... And I think also it's like, you know, we see different governors around the country are handling it way differently. Yeah, yeah the, the mayor so, of Las Vegas wants the, wants the quarantining uh, ended immediately, right? The, the, there's, there's a coalition of Midwest states that are trying to get the quarantine lifted as well, whereas now you have, the, you have California and Oregon and Washington, their governors banding together and, you know, like to go like till 2021. So it, it, it is, it's quickly becoming red versus blue and it's... And a united America suddenly getting back to being divided and maybe the sort of business as usual. Bruce Feldman, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. A couple quick college football questions. JT Daniels was a uh, a much uh, sought-after star quarterback at Modern Day High School. Uh, instead of having his senior year, he went straight to USC and was a starter at USC. Got hurt, got beat out by, uh, by Keaton Slovis. He put his name in the transfer portal uh, it, it, are, are you surprised by this? A little surprised at the timing, but my guess is that he maybe thinks there's going to be a one-time transfer exemption so he could be eligible when you know he finds a new school. I think a lot of people, if you were around USC, I think it was going to be hard for him to beat out Keaton Slovis. Yep. The crazy thing is, if you follow him, you're like, wait, the one guy's a three-star, the other guy was a five-star. Anybody who watched Keaton Slovis last year or knows the people you know at USC knows how highly thought of he is. And it's not to say JT Daniels isn't a good quarterback because he's definitely got a good arm and and he had a, you know, promising first year there. It's just I think when they saw how good the quarterback is there in Keaton Slovis, I think it was going to be an uphill battle for for JT Daniels to overtake him. And I think he probably saw the you know the handwriting on the wall and said, let me see if I can, you know, if they are going to do some kind of one time transfer exemption, let me see make that decision now rather than than get into a quarterback battle that you know I'm probably um, a long shot to win yeah I, I love the idea of a transfer exemption most guys would use it to say hey I want to be closer to home because I haven't been able to leave home on the other hand JT Daniels 
the closest school is USC to his to his home in Orange County. So there's a there, there's a very interesting how, how that ends up playing out. Um, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one overall pick. How much do you think? And and look, we're we're seeing the success of transfer quarterbacks throughout college football. Uh, college basketball has reached kind of this peak uh, transfer mode. Where are we with college football in in comparison in terms of the volume of transfers? Uh, you know, Justin Fields is going to be a top pick going to next year. Um, we saw Burroughs this year. Three of the four quarterbacks, um, you know, in the college football playoff were transfers. How has this all affected the college football landscape? Well, I think it's it's a lot of stop and shop kind of thing. You can fill out needs. I mean, look, LSU just got arguably the best free agent uh, defensive player who was on the transfer market. And that was a guy named Jabril Cox, who a lot of people, who's an All-American uh, linebacker at North Dakota State, which is obviously the powerhouse of all powerhouses where they win national titles every year. A lot of people thought Jabril Cox has first or second round talent as a linebacker. He, he was going to visit LSU, and then the quarantine happened. He never actually even got a chance to visit LSU, but he committed, and he's, he's set to go there now. And I think this is an example of them looking uh, you know, and say, hey, where am I the best fit? Where can I go somewhere, make an impact, you know, immediately and also uh, play at the highest level? And, you know, I, I think in the case of Cox, who, again, this is a guy who probably could have gone anywhere uh, and was playing at a national championship program, saw, well, here's an opportunity that I think I can up my stock and get to experience some stuff maybe I didn't get to experience, even though I was, you know, going from basically one national title team to another. And I think that is very um, is very indicative of where we're at. You know, LSU lost Patrick Queen, who probably would be a first round pick. He was a guy who mid season last year nobody probably thought was going to be leaving early, much less a first round pick. Patrick Queen blows up as they go on the national title run, and now here's a guy. Not just you know they lose two linebackers early, him and Jacob Phillips, and it's like, hey, this is kind of the free agent market. And I think that's. You know, where the rosters are so big, but also where the attrition happens a lot in college football, um, where where you know you may you're not going to wait on a on a recruit to develop two years later. You can just if a kid's out there and that kid knows who now knows where the vacancies are, you can all of a sudden make your recruiting pitch and maybe a kid you never even thought of, you know, late in the year, but now all of a sudden he can be one of the answers to your problems. Great stuff. Uh, last thing. Um... Uh, if you haven't read the uh, Bruce's book, you should pick it up. Uh, it's really it's a fascinating look at at quarterbacks. Um, God, how many? I know it's available in. It's called what the QB. I don't have I have it in front of me. Yeah, the QB. It's, yeah. Called, it's called it's called the QB. Um, I, I mean, Trent Dilfer says that Tua is the best prospect he's ever ever worked with. Um, this the the Tua thing. Um, how much of this is? You know, kind of confirmation bias. Whereas he was this well regarded, he played well, and people are not willing to kind of adjust to what he may be. Or how much of this is just the the, the actual evaluation of who Tua is? You know, I, I mean, look, Tua came out. He he has a terrific arm. He has a great feel and, and anticipation and all those things. I think the only thing that probably you, somebody could ding Tua for because now at this point, you know, he's six feet or maybe six one ish. But now it's like people don't get too hung up if you're not 6'4", 6'5". Right. I think the parts where it's like if your medical people sign off on Tua, there's a lot to like there. I mean, just you talk to people at Alabama how 
they felt about him as a as a locker room presence, his positive energy, all those things. Uh, I think certainly his time under Trent. I mean, Trent is you know in this quarterback space, this is pretty rare that he's decided to work with somebody leading up to the draft. I don't think he's ever done that specifically with one guy. So I think that that helps him. But you know, ultimately, it's like I would look at, at, at Tua and say, you know, if you tell me he's, he's going to be healthy, because that's a, that's a crapshoot on any of these guys. I mean, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, any of them could get hurt in the NFL. It's obviously a physical sport. But, you know, as beyond Joe Burrow, if you told me who would I, who would I bet on of these guys, I would bet on Tua because he's, to me, the closest to a, a no-brainer in terms of what he can do, whereas the other guys are projections. I really like Justin Herbert. But there's been some inconsistency, and, and there's some questions. Jordan Love has been, you know, wildly inconsistent. Tua, when he's played, has been terrific, and he's played on a big stage where he's taken everybody's biggest shot. Um, you know, I, I now he did have a lot of talent. He had way better receivers than than what Jordan Love and Justin Herbert had. But still, I mean, he played against really good defenses. I mean, I think there's a lot to like there. I can see why. You know, so many people are on board with him. The the quarterback is the name of the the book. You can pick it up, audiobooks, Kindle, of course, Amazon. I've I've actually read it twice. It's really, really interesting. Some of it profiling George Whitfield uh, as the quarterback whisper. It's good stuff. It's authored by Bruce Feldman, of course. You see on Fox Sports covering all college football. Bruce, thanks so much for your insight. It's it's irreplaceable in the sports landscape. Thanks so much, and stay safe. Always a pleasure. Stay safe, Doug. Thank all right, you. that's Bruce Feldman joining us. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.